You know, it's hard going through the book of Revelation and then you get to the very end of it and everybody's dead, you know. And then finally we're, we're raised back to life. New heavens, new earth. And it's just really ethereal. It's just very out there. It's, it's eteric. It's kind of hard to grasp. And yet at the same time, it's the reality that we're headed towards. To be with our king day and night in his presence. You know that one one hymn that says, you know, something about the, come on, help me out there, friends. The, the Lord haste the day when my day shall become sight. I mean, when my face shall become sight. You know, when the things that we hold, know are true in our hearts become reality around us. I can't wait for that day. So I am excited about what we're doing. I'm excited about being in the Word and letting Him change us. I'm excited about God's Spirit being in this church. and excited about Him correcting us. You know, I, I look at the at Scriptures and often it says, you know, correct, rebuke, exhort, and encourage. How many of those are feel really good? One. Correct, rebuke, exhort, encourage. So what mostly needs to happen in the church? Encouragement. I just want to be encouraged. Look at the scriptures. Look at all these letters. What are they for? They're to encourage us to connect with the king. Reconnect in that relationship. And that's what we want to hit on. But before we do, we've got a very important birthday today. Sam? Where's Sam? Did he take off? He went outside. Darn, I missed it. We'll sing to him when he comes back in. It's his birthday, so you give him a really hard time. Sam, huh? All right, cool. So what we're going to begin to do as we kind of, uh, as we start this summer message series, it's going to be topical. We're going to start with a really big, broad topic, and, and it's abiding in Christ. And you're like, oh, great, abiding in Christ. This is going to be fun. I'm asking that the Holy Spirit would just level us because he's got to do a deep work in my heart. You know, I've got a lot of things that I need to change. The Lord's been speaking to me on tons of issues, personally, at home, with Christine, with the kids, with the way I live my life. And so when I, when I share this stuff with you, it's not you guys get it right, okay? So if I'm hard on you and I'm passionate about it, it's because God's dealing with me, all right? So as we hit this issue, I just feel like, you know, the Lord is, is really... Uh, He's just quickening some things in me, and, and, I, and, I, and I believe it's what, where we need to go. And we start at the center and work our way out. The center is our relationship with Jesus Christ. All the other things, the actions, the worship, the singing, the uh, evangelism, all the other things, they flow from this. If we miss this, we miss everything. And so in the second year of King Darius, Darius, whatever it is you like to say. On the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, the son of uh, someone, governor of Judah, and Joshua, the son of Zo Zodek, the high priest. Zodek. This is what the Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai, it is time 
is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while the house while this house remains in ruins now this is what the lord almighty says give careful thoughts to your ways you've planted much but you've harvested little you eat but you never have enough you drink but never have your fill you put on clothes but you're not warm you earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it this is what the lord almighty says Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house, so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? declares the Lord Almighty. Because of my house, which remains in ruins, while each of you is busy with your own home. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew, and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields, and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else in the ground produces, on people, on livestock, and on the labor of your hands. Then Zerubbabel, son of uh, Shealtiel, uh, Joshua, son of Zodak, I'll get that one day, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord, <clears throat> because the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I'm with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, the spirit of Joshua, the high priest, in the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. And they came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month. <clears throat> I don't know. What are your thoughts? Kind of interesting, huh? Concerned with their own affairs. A little bit of background. The people had miraculously been released from their seven-year captivity in Babylon. <clears throat> Remember, they had been just horrible idol worshippers. There was the northern kingdom of, of Judah, which got uh, of Israel, which got taken out first, and then the southern kingdom. They just started worshiping idols as well. And so God said, "Hey, you got to turn this around. You got to turn this around." He sent all the prophets. You guys read about the prophets here. All the, that's that they're just going after them. That's what all the prophets are. They're talking to him saying, hey, where, where, you guys, your hearts, you guys are worshiping idols. You're, you're oppressing the poor. What's going on in your heart is being reflected in your actions. It's going out. So they got put into captivity for a 70-year period. They came in, they decimated Jerusalem. King Nebuchadnezzar, remember all that whole situation? They got pulled away to Jerusalem. They had Meshach, Shadnach, and Abednego, Daniel. That whole story, they're in, they're in captivity back in Babylon, in modern-day modern Iraq. Seventy years. That's a long time. Can you think back 70 years? Some of you can remember a little bit, right? But that's a long time ago. A lot changes in 70 years. Imagine being taken out of your homeland for 70 years. And so now in this story, the people have been back in the land 
specifically in Jerusalem in the story, for 18 years. They've been back in the land for 18 years. When they came back in the land, they began to build the temple with great zeal. God had done miraculous things, had given the people favor, and you can read about this stuff in Ezra and Nehemiah. Uh, that's the rebuilding of the wall. But you can read about this, how God had given them favor to go back to the land. It was done. Their captivity was over. They put them back into Jerusalem. A remnant. Those who wanted to go. Not everybody. Most people stayed. A remnant came back. Zealous people for the Lord. They started to build his temple. They started to go for it. The temple, the center of their worship. The center of who they were as a people, where God met them, where their identity was. They began to rebuild this temple. But, as the story goes, what happened? They got the foundation done. They got the altar built, had a great celebration. And it was at that point that resistance started to happen. They, by those who lived with them in the land from within. And it got to the point where the king, after hearing complaints by the people who lived in the land, the king who was still over them, they were still occupied. He said, knock it off. I've read your history. I don't know much about you guys, but what I have read... You guys, there's always problems going around there, so stop building this thing. And so they obeyed the voice of the king, and they stopped. They became discouraged in their hearts. Anybody been discouraged when God tells you to do something, and it becomes hard and difficult, and there's opposition? Things that God would have us to do, but it's just, it's like building a temple. God, what in the world's going on here? This is difficult. You got people within messing with you. You've got people on the outside pulling at you. You've got your own self you're dealing with. You've got political situations, ungodly authorities telling you what to do and how to live your lives that are is contrary to what God has already told you to do. Anyone experience that? Stop building. Now, this was about four years after they came back into the land. No doubt Satan knew that if they could thwart the building of the house of the Lord, the people, would, their eyes would be focused on it. It was a constant reminder of who they were, their identity, how they were to go into worship there every day, and, and all the things that they ascribed to the pe a person. It was who they are. And, and when that ceased to be the focus, the focus became self. The focus became self. Anybody relate there? Just me, all right? You can read it about it in Ezra. Before they, went into before they went into captivity, guess what the enemy used? He used idolatry. After captivity, he used opposition from within. He used, he used opposition from without. Those in the land. He used physical threats. He used the godly authorities. I already went over this. Now, the zeal that they first had had quickly turned to discouragement, and that led them to abandon God's plan for them. And their focus became inward, the next best thing, me. Their priorities were changed from God's home to their own. But God loved them too much to let them go too long, and so he spoke to them to the core issue of their problem. Let's see if we can pull it out. Well, I'll read it again. He speaks to him, the, the prophet speaks to the leaders, and this is what he says. 
These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet and said, Is is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while the house while this house remains in a, a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty, the Lord God Almighty says. He says, Consider your ways. Think about what you're doing. Give careful thought. I want to go back there to the first second first slide. Give careful thought. Think about what you're doing. Think about what you're doing, Matt. Notice the Lord speaks first to the leaders. He starts talking to them. Look at your people. Look what's going on. Look at the spiritual condition. It's reflected in the actions of the people. You can say everything you want, but who you are is reflected in your actions. So he's talking to the leaders. He says, look, look at your flock. Look at the people I put you over. Take a look at yourself. You're, you're, you're a part of the problem. You know, look what's going on, Matt. And so the Lord speaks first to the leadership and tells them that the Lord house is in neglect while the people homes were being tricked out. This is not condemnation of Bob Vila and remodeling network and all that stuff. That's not what God's getting at. The remodeling of their house, right? No, he's actually addressing a spiritual problem that's manifested by their actions. A spiritual problem that's manifested by their actions. It's the symptom. God was not a priority in the lives of these people. He was, but he had quickly become second place. Now, they can justify that, well, I got discouraged. Well, they, they did this and that. The problem is they stopped. They became discouraged in their hearts. They turned away from what God had called them to be. And they started doing what they thought they should do. Now, they're, again, they're not out worshiping idols. These are great people. They decided to come back to the land. Good people, amen? It's not idolatry, but good people can slip into lethargy, spiritual, you know, just, well, you see what's happening. Their zeal, the Lord, who was gone, it had been squashed. And now their excuse was, it's not time. The reason why it wasn't is because they didn't make time. You know? The reason why it wasn't a priority is because they didn't make time. Why didn't they make time to build a temple? Obviously, it wasn't a priority. Why wasn't it a priority? Because they chose to give in. They chose to give in to discouragement. They chose to give in to self. They gave in to the desire to take care of things that they wanted to do. And the relationship with God as a people and as individuals was illustrated by the condition of their homes versus the condition of God's temple. The very place where God and man met. It was an illustration. It was a living illustration. Today, we're struggling with the same thing. We are struggling with the same thing. Many use this passage for church building, you know, things. Come build the house of the Lord. God's not getting at the physical temple, everybody. We're not talking about the buildings and grounds of CCF. And you remodeling your church, your your own home, and and you know the church isn't there. That's not that's not what this is about. So often we take these things superficially, and God's always dealing with the heart. He's dealing with our heart and our actions, you know. The question for us is, how's the temple? 
How's the temple? What do I mean by that? How's your relationship with the Lord? Is he the priority in your life? Is he in the priority in my life? Is he my magnificent obsession? Am I preoccupied with him? Seriously, what's your main priority? What is your main priority? So I believe the Holy Spirit's asking us this morning, what are our priorities? What is our priority? How do you measure what your priority is? Anybody? Right, but how do you measure it, though? How do you know what your priority is in life? Time. Yeah, it's demonstrate. What do you spend time doing? Who are you as a people? What you're, it's, it's demonstrated by your priorities. You prioritize your life every day. I prioritize my life every single day according to time. And that time, only, there's only 24 hours for each of us, right? And we dictate what gets most important. So what do you spend your time doing? What's your remodeling project? You know what I mean? What are we spending our time remodeling? Is it God's priority or is it ours? Just to be clear, God didn't condemn the fact that the people were working on their houses. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem was that the Lord's house was in disarray. Amen? It showed that there was a spiritual sickness manifested by a physical scenario. How is the temple? What's our remodeling project? What do we spend our time doing? What are we preoccupied with? Seriously, think about it right now. What are you? If you could write down the main time, the main thing you spend your time doing, what is it? Now we all have to work, right? Okay, okay. So write these things down. But I mean, grapple with it. Is God the center of your life? You know it if He is or He isn't. Are you preoccupied with Him? Are you preoccupied with? Like King David, the light. Are you preoccupied with darkness? Are you preoccupied with other things? If you're preoccupied with the Lord, it's going to be manifested in your actions. Because when you're constantly abiding in the temple, the, the temple being that, uh, that relationship with Christ, your life and your priorities will change to reflect that. You're going to change. You're hanging out with Jesus. You're allowing God to minister to your heart and to change you. You're reading his word. It's changing your life. Your priorities in life will change. This is whole John 15 thing, and we're going to get into that. That is huge for us. You know, as I look at the life of the apostles in the New Testament and the believers, and I'm just put to shame in my own life. And... Because I look at you know Acts 2.42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to, the pra- and to prayer. They devoted themselves to these things. Why did they devote themselves? These people had the same pressures we did. They had jobs, families, by the way, a Roman occupation stepping on their throat. Horrible economic times, abandoned from their own families and people for following Christ, 
religious persecution, well, to come. Why? Why did they resolve to abide in him? Why did they resolve to devote themselves to the word of God? Why did they, they, they say, you know, a priority in my life is to get together with you every week, to be in his word together, to pray. Why? Why was that their priority and why isn't it mine? Now, if we just do these things, then everything will be right. American. God is relational. See, the temple's in ruins. The reason why these people were resolved to do it is because they were in his presence. I can't help because I've seen the light. I know the light. I love him. He loves me. He, he, he saved me. Yeah, there's a living relationship. And so the things that were attached in that relationship, the things that were reciprocated back and forth between God and them were demonstrated in their actions. God loves people. I'm with people. God wants, he was, Jesus walked around, was in the word. He's in the word. I'm going to evangelize. Why? Because he, that's just who I am. Not because I have to do it. You know, and all the other priorities. Why do we hang out together on Sunday morning? Because I have to. Anyone? You're the exception. No, I'm just saying. Look. And I'm not, this isn't a guilt trip whatsoever. It's just a reflection of the condition of our lives, of where we are. I don't have time. It's not time. It's a hard word. I hate to say it, but in my own life, I've got those own things going on in my own home. And it's reflected in a different way. And God's saying, Matt, you've got to change. You've got to deal with some stuff. You've got to get right. You've got to put things in order. You've got to start in, okay, God, if I just do these things, then everything will be right. No, I've got to start spending time with Jesus on my knees and begging him for his presence and his spirit to fill my life again. Because I can come out here and I can preach every week and go through the motions with you and I can, you know, you know, it's just, it's meaningless apart from his presence and his spirit in my life. And that's what we need, we long for in this church. It's God's power to rest upon us. Not because of the things we've done, but because of who he is and how he loves us. And we just want to be with him. And that's why I look here, and then the spirit, they, they responded in obedience. They responded to the word of God. They changed their lives accordingly. Whoa, you're right. Does that mean they just stopped remodeling their house? No. They worked on things. They had fun. They did things. But the, the priorities of God became their priorities. Why? Because they wanted him. Do you want God? And that's the main thing of all of this. They devoted themselves, the apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread, to prayer. Why did they do this? Because the actions, the devotion, was a result of the relationship with the living God. They knew him, and their lives revolved around him. And when that happens, prayer gets answered. Lives change. People get saved. Miracles happen, and the love of God saturates his people. 
He's with them, and he's upon them, and he's flowing through them, all the stuff I wrote last night. So when we call for a church-wide prayer meeting and only a few people show up, you know what that tells me? It tells me that I better find a more convenient time for us to meet. And then I do. And you know what? The same thing. And you know what that tells me? Temples in ruins. It starts with me, not you. <laughs> it's not a guilt trip. We're about coming to church or a prayer meeting. We're singing to God or evangelizing. This is a heart message. This is about our heart. How's the temple? What are our priorities? The Lord's been speaking to me big time on this. Matt has time for what Matt wants, but the things that God wants, I'll do them when it's convenient. It shows me that my heart needs help. And there's only one place for that. Of grace. Does anybody want to rebuild the temple with me? Anyway, that's it. <laughs> Love you guys, and um, obviously he's working on me. I'm a mental case, so do what you want with it. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your grace. We need your forgiveness and your power in our lives. Just forgive me, Lord, for being a hypocrite. Pray for your people. Just bless them. Amen. We have a prayer meeting. <laughs> uh, if anybody wants to pray, um, after we're done here. So, I mean, just for a half hour, I think the Lord will just deal with this in our hearts. So, anyways, God bless you. You're dismissed.